Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. This is Shannon, and tonight I am here with Brooke, Stacy, and Christine, and we are beginning to wind this year down, and that means we are recapping our 2021 reading. So this episode um, is the first of a few that we'll have like this, where I will have several people come here and talk with you about the highlights of their 2021 reading. So we're going to, as always, move into the housekeeping information, then I will start us off, followed by Brooke, Christine, and lastly, we'll have Stacy. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so 2021 has been kind of a a strange year. I think we said this about 2020, and the strangeness has just sort of kept coming. So I had all of these grand plans for my 2021 reading. Um, I mapped out all of my reading challenges. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I had a list of, of books that I could read for all these various prompts. And then somehow, somehow, it all just sort of collapsed around me. And my reading challenges were abandoned. And I just sort of read (laughs) and didn't really pay attention to what filled what prompts. So I failed at reading challenges this year, but that is okay. I still managed to read a lot of really great things. And I am excited to point some of them out to you tonight. Um, The first thing I want to talk about is a middle grade book. And I don't usually read middle grade, but this one I thought was super special. It is The Chance to Fly by Ali Stroker. And it is just, it is like what I would have wanted as like a kid. If I could have read this book when I was 11 or 12, it would have been perfect. It has such phenomenal disability representation the whole like musical theater theme was just fantastic um ali stroker herself is a disabled broadway actress and i love her so incredibly much so if you're looking for a good disability book don't let the kind of middle grade nature of the chance to fly put you off because it is so so incredible I read a lot of really great romances this year, and I have several to 
kind of highlight. First up being Payback's a Witch, which is Good Witches book. of Thistle Grove, <laughs> book one by Lana Harper. This is everything that you're looking for in a witchy romance, especially if you like female-female romances. Um, I love the, like, the friendship. I love the revenge pact. I love the witchcraft. This town just really intrigues me. It's just an incredible book, and I'm super excited for the sequel, which is supposed to be out next spring. Another book with a sequel coming out next spring is Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Q. Sutanto. This was, oh, I, I don't even know that I have words for this. This is everything that I love in like a quirky contemporary romance full of very complex family dynamics, but in a way that it doesn't feel heavy and oppressive. Like you're not worn down by the drama in this book. The, the drama is real. You can relate to it, but it feels because of the way Sutanto wrote this, it just feels so, so fun and fresh in a way that family drama like doesn't always. And plus mm. you have a dead body in a cooler <laughs> being taken to like a super fancy wedding. It was oh, great. Right? It's the it, best. It is, it is the best. And so it has a sequel coming out next year. And I've talked to several authors who have had the chance to read early copies. Um, my, my jealousy like knows no bounds at this point. I'm also so delighted to have read Real, Hollywood Renaissance oh, book yay. one by Kennedy Ryan. Kennedy Ryan is always fantastic, but I feel like with Real, she really outdid herself. Um, this is kind of a, a gosh, like, like an homage to early Hollywood. And it's, it just possesses all these things that we look for when we talk about like Hollywood books, you know, it's like all glitzy and glamorous, but again, we have some really, really good kind of disability rep here. Um, Kennedy Ryan can write these really deep and evocative scenes. I just, I love her so, so much. So that was another kind of standout for me this year. Um, I also, of course, read a bunch of Yasmin Gallinorn because when don't I do that? Her Moonshadow Bay series, which is paranormal women's fiction, has been one of my favorite things this year. Um, the town is lovely. January is our heroine. And I just really enjoyed getting to know kind of her, her life and her friends and the world that Gallinon has created for her. This is a series that was originally supposed to be six books. I think it might be a few more now. Um, I haven't heard exactly how many are planned, but I'm hoping for a lot more of Moonshadow Bay. I also have to give high praise to Karen Slaughter this year for False Witness. Um, False Witness was the first book that I read that really dealt with COVID. It wasn't a book about COVID necessarily, but it was this phenomenal thriller that encapsulated everything that we are going through with COVID and wove it into the story 
in a way that like he didn't read it and say, oh, my God, you know, why are we reading about COVID? I, I don't like this. I don't want this. No, you felt it was just like living, you know, in, in our world. It feels real. The COVID stuff sort of added some elements to the story that I think worked really well, but did not sort of overwhelm you with, you know, more kind of COVID terror. Um, Slaughter always does stellar, stellar mysteries. This is a standalone and I'm super excited to see what she has coming out in 2022. I also loved Neil by Candace Buford, which is a young adult novel about kind of a a social justice themed novel, really. Um, It looks at what it means when a lot of football, football players are taking a knee during the national anthem. And I thought that Buford did a really great job of showing kind of the the consequences of doing that as an athlete, but also the consequences of standing by and not doing anything when you feel like that is going to be your your safest option. I think it's a powerful powerful book, sometimes difficult to read, um, but so important. And I'm very, very glad that I read it. I also want to talk about a couple of historical things because why not? Historical fiction is fantastic. Yes, The Corpse Queen by Heather Herman came out this fall and it is a historical mystery compared a lot to Stalking Jack the Ripper by Carrie Maniscalco. And I think it is an accurate comparison. Often I don't agree with the way publishers compare books, but this I thought was a really great read alike. Very dark, very disturbing in places. Um, You learn a lot that you perhaps don't want to know about what used to happen to dead bodies. Um, With a really clever twist at the end. I just really enjoyed this one. And another historical fiction book that I love, this one is not a mystery. This is The Second, wa- the Second Life of Muriel West by Amanda Scanandor. And this is about a leper colony. And it talked a lot about kind of the ways in which we didn't know what leprosy was back in the day. We didn't know why people got it. And so we just kind of put a bunch of people in a place and like left them there. We tried various things to you know, bring about healing, but it was all about separation and the ways in which people were forced to give up their lives because of this illness that they, that they had. It's very sad, but so poignant. And I'm just really glad that I picked it up. I want to check out some more of her stuff. Um, also, and this is not in any kind of order, I realize I have to say that I absolutely love Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Boley. This is her debut. It is a young adult thriller with an indigenous main character. It takes place in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, which I really loved. Um, it's just so clever. And you don't, you don't read a lot of books about indigenous people. So I was glad to find this one. Um, I think she has just a really clever writing voice and I'm looking forward to seeing what else she has in store for us. I also have to talk about Dark Roads by Chevy Stevens. Chevy Stevens always 
always without fail creeped me out. And this book did just that. Takes place in Canada. Should be happy, Brooke. I know. Um, <laughs> I read that book. It was so good. It was so amazing. Yeah, excellent. It is a book with two distinct points of view, but they end up relating to each other um, as the book goes on. And it's basically about women who go missing on this long abandoned stretch of road in Canada. Chevy Stevens took kind of a long break between the book she wrote before this and this one. So I was glad to have her back this year. And let's see, Ace of Spades. Lastly, I have to mention a book that I've talked about a couple of times on the podcast already this year. This is a debut young adult thriller. It is Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Amide. She wrote this when she was a freshman in college. It got published just as she graduated college. It is one of those books, and I say this whenever I talk about it, so People who have listened to the podcast this year are probably kind of sick of hearing this, but it's a book that you read and you can't wrap your mind, like you can't wrap your head around the idea that this is actually someone's debut novel. It is dark and twisty, full of very, very real and important issues that I, as a white woman, don't always want to think about. And yet I think we need to think about these things. Fortunately, um, you know, I think social media played a big part in this and hopefully it doesn't play this big a part in people's like real, real life struggles. But I thought it was very, very cleverly woven in to Ace of Spades. So these are just a few of the super phenomenal books I've read this year. I have read a bunch of other stuff as well. I don't think I really read, there's only one book that I hated this year. So I think, you know, I I did pretty well. So similar to Shannon, I had all these great plans on what I was going to do with my challenges. And I got to the summer And I was lucky if I had even finished any of them halfway. I was, it was a big epic fail. So I (laughs) gave up on on my challenges. Um, My year started out slow because I had, um, I had puppies. Well, I didn't have puppies, but (laughs) one of my dogs had puppies. So we were raising puppies for the first couple months of the year. And if you know anything about puppies, they're kind of, they're kind of busy. So you kind of, you'll hear something and you got to run over and check what they're doing. And not always is that conducive to reading, at least not books where you actually have to pay attention. So my, my reading was a little bit slow at the beginning of the year, but I also found that I've read, I didn't really I didn't really read a lot of what I normally read. Like I normally read a lot of mysteries and thrillers. And this year that was kind of the less, like the thing that I read, I read the least. Um, I really, really read a lot of fantasy. Um, It wasn't really until this year that fantasy really 
took a big part in my reading. Um, I think consciously I feel, I felt fine about the pandemic and everything that was going on, but I think subconsciously I just needed a place where I could escape. So being able to read books where I could be like, oh, this is happening in a world that, well, we don't even have that kind of world. Or um, this is happening in like a land that is completely made up. So I didn't really feel like it was something that was gonna affect me. So I was okay about reading about books. My, my husband always laughs because I was telling him that I was that I'm okay, but reading about books about vampires and um, the odd zombie and stuff like that. But reading things about real life, I just didn't really want to do it. So I read pretty much for the first, I'd say, eight months, probably eight months of the year. I maybe read one or two um, mysteries a week. And I read about probably about two or sometimes three books a day. So I read a really like a tons and tons of fantasy. Um, I read Chloe Neal, which um, I was introduced to by Mika. Um, I read, I really enjoyed her um, Chicago Land Vampires series. Um, I really got into KF Breen this year and that's because of Stacy. She saw some of the books I was reading and she asked me if I had ever thought about reading one of her books and I hadn't, but I read the synopsis for, I think it was Midlife Madness um, was the first book and I read it and I was hooked. I read all the books and then I looked at her um, backlist and I just started reading and I think I've gotten to a point now where I don't know that there's many that I haven't read of her books yet, which is kind of funny because I just started this year. Um, I quite enjoyed her Demon Days and Vampire Nights series. So it's broken up into trilogies. So there's about five different trilogies that all have characters that overlap. And as you meet a new group of characters in each trilogy, they join up with the original character. Her name is Regan, and you meet her in the beginning. So you meet her and her um, significant other, Darius, um, and they kind of go all the way through the books, and they end up kind of teaming up. So it's really neat to follow how they all kind of meet together and how they all work together. So that series is actually sadly done, but it was really a great series to see how she would put it all together. Um, I checked out Janine Frost. Um, I had never read any of her books. Um, and I think it was, I want to say it was Natalia was talking about her. And I had, I had heard her name before and I just had never read any of her books. And I checked it out and of course I got addicted and I kept reading. Um, I really, every once in a while, I would pop in to my favorite thriller and mysteries series. And um, I met, I didn't, I was about to say I met, but I didn't meet any of these authors, but I learned of a lot of new authors. So there's um, DK Hood and their Detectives Canon Alton series. I quite enjoyed it. Um, there's 
Helen Pfeiffer and her Morgan Brooks series. This year was the first year I'd, I'd ever heard of that um, author. Um, I would, I read a lot of the book, like I kind of continued, I was able to hook back into some of the series that I'd read in previous years. So of course I followed along with um, the new JD Raw books. So there was Forgotten in Death, which was the newest one. And then the one back in February is Faithless in Death. And both of them were fantastic. As, as always, I read a little bit of romance, which I normally don't. Um, I read Kiss My Cupcake by Helena Hunting, which was hilarious. Like, I found it so funny. Um, part of the reason that I even tried it was because of the title. And I thought it was so funny. And then knowing that it's about cup, like a cupcake maker, I was pretty excited about that because I like cupcakes. So sometimes when there's a book that has something that I like in it, like chocolate or cupcakes or whatever, or ice cream, then I have to read it. So I did and I quite enjoyed it. So there were a lot of really good retellings this year. And so I had a lot of fun reading them. I love, love, love retellings. There's Aiden Thomas's Lost in the Neverwood. Um, I love the Peter Pan story. And it was just a great retelling of it. Um, then we've got KF Breen and her Deliciously Dark Fairy Tales series. And so far, um, two books are out in it. And it's been great. Like, it's so much fun. Oh, I did read a couple of his really good historicals that I enjoyed. There's Camilla Bruce's In the Garden of Spite. Like that book was uh, just, yes. oh my goodness. When I was done, I was like, Shannon, oh my goodness. And yeah, she felt the same way. So yes. that was a great, great book. Um, Sarah Penner's The Lost Apothecary. I really liked that one as well. Because I just like the idea of apothecaries and women helping women get rid of not so great men. I just thought, I don't know. If you, if you need somebody to help you out, like, I really think you should have that ability. So I, I really like that idea. Just in the last couple of months, not a couple of months, I guess I'd say the last couple of weeks, I've now started to go back to my mysteries and thrillers. And I did forget to mention that sometimes when I was just kind of feeling like I, I needed a book that I could read so I could, because I don't really have a great attention span so sometimes I like just reading because I don't really have to pay attention to anything and so sometimes I would hook up with a nice cozy mystery so one of one series that I just found um, is by Ellie Alexander um, it's her Sloan Krauss series and it's a woman who makes beer so I thought that was so cool and it was a great series. I'm trying to remember. I think there's five books out in it. And it's, I definitely recommend it if you like cozy mysteries. Um, I read a couple. There's one with ice cream by. Oh, a deadly oh. inside scoop. Yes. Abby Collette, as I said, if it's something that I like, that I always feel like I have to read it. So there's definitely a lot of been a really some really really good cozy mysteries that came out this year so I'm really looking forward to seeing what 
2022 brings because as I said this year has been very much all about urban fantasy for me and now that I'm starting to go back to thrillers and mysteries I'm kind of wondering like where am I am I going to continue this way or am I going to be more like branched out than I usually am we will see I know Well, this year just had so, so many great books for me. I don't do challenges. I tried once and <laughs> I, I'm not a challenge person. It, it, makes, it feels too much like homework to me. It's like, this is due and I don't, I don't do that. So I didn't have to worry about um, disappointing myself. I just read with the same abandon I always do. And there were some great new authors for me that I will love continuing with. Leslie Pierce is someone I read uh, a few of her books and I look forward to gobbling them up. She writes uh, historical fiction. She writes a lot of books about that take place in England, in London, not the ballroom uh, side of it, but the, the seedier, tougher side. She has excellent women just really strong female characters that have to fight very hard for uh, what they want and their place in the world. And she just has a great uh, command of words. Um, Catherine Hughes writes in a similar vein to her. I've read two of her books. I love them both. I will gobble up the back lists of both of these people. Um, I read a lot of thrillers of course, I read Yay. mostly <laughs> and enjoyed some wonderfully twisty plots. Um, and Brooke mentioned this, but toward the first of the year, like I think February or, or late January, I read In the Garden of Spite by Camilla Bruce. And, oh, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's about a female serial killer who really doesn't get very much attention. I'd never heard of her until I read this book. And I love the, the first line of the synopsis says, Belle Sorensen loves men. She loves them to death. And I, just, <laughs> I love that line. Um, and she does. She has no scruples, no moral compass. And along, when she was young, she realized that men owned everything. Men were the entitled, they got everything, everything was set up for men. And that, but also that men were weak. And if you were smart and clever, you could take everything from them that you wanted. And she wanted a lot. And so <laughs> she just she used men for what she needed them for and then she dispatched them uh in some very clever creative ways so it was a very chilling read um it i just i loved it um i played catch up with uh a lot of series one of them was jd rob i read a a great number of hers so that I could get within shouting distance of the end. I like the futuristic writing um, in those books. And I like 
the, the relationships that Eve uh, forms with her uh, friends and, and with her cop uh, working team, especially her partner, Peabody. And one other thing I love is how Rourke adores his cat. He's not yes. ashamed of adoring his cat. He doesn't care who sees him with his cat in his lap. And, and I just, I love that. Because, um, you know, he's, he's often so, so tough and, you know, Rourke-like. Um, <laughs> so uh, I like that. I learned about Cody McFadden, McFadden. Uh, I had never read the Smokey Barrett series, and now I've read three of them, and I thought they were absolutely awesome. Uh, on the lighter side of mysteries and thrillers, I discovered the Sunshine Vikram books Yay! by Dorinda Jones, and I love them. I am so anticipating the next book. The, the humor in these books, just all through them by everyone is, oh my gosh, it's wonderful. It's clever. It's intelligent. And the, the relationship between Sunshine and her daughter just makes my heart happy um, to read. And, and listening to her give her daughter her spin on the world and the dating and love, and it's, it's just, it's hilarious. The Devil's um, Doorbell. So, yes, the Devil's Doorbell is got It's the best. I, <laughs> I read a couple of rom coms mostly because of the beastresses. Um, talking about them, I can, I like humor. Like I say, I, I love it if it's written with um, intelligence. And so the the ones I read were. Uh, like that, the the Jesse Sue, um, uh, Jesse Q, Tonto. Jesse Q. There we go. Dyslexia does strike. She, that book was was obviously wonderful, which Shannon has mentioned. Um, Samia Dave, I read both of her books. She writes. She wrote uh, such a happy family and well behaved Indian women. Um, I think it's what a happy family. I was just going to say it's what a happy family. I was going to correct that because I saw it. And they are about families that are in America, but they're Indian families. And the struggle that the parents have with like the, the wanting to keep their old cultures and their old ways and the children that are growing up and some are already adults who, who are fighting real hard to be in America and take on that and, and be in that culture and the, the conflicts and the ways they, they, they deal with that. She does a great job. Um, and I always think of Shannon when I read these books because everybody drinks chai everywhere all the time. And oh, Shannon likes chai, chai a lot. <laughs> And nobody can make chai like these Indian women. And, you know, you can't go anywhere without a pot of it. So I really like her books. Um, hope she writes uh, something else um, soon. Um, more seriously, I find that sometimes I need to connect with books 
where I can really like the people that are going through some really painful stuff. It helps me to get in touch with what's going on in, inside me. It helps me to cry. It helps me to purge. And I love Jeff Zentner. Um, yes. I read uh, The Goodbye Days at a time in my life where it had an, an incredibly profound impact on me. And this year I was not disappointed. I read In the Wild Light, which is a coming of age story really um, in part. It's a deep examination of love, of grief, of how hard it is to leave your Appalachian roots um, that you kind of have a bittersweet relationship with and go to a, a big city prep school. And, you know, you're, you're very torn. You're the two people you love most in the world. One of them is at the prep school with you and you can't, you can't tell them how you feel because you don't even know. And the grandfather who raised you, who is so dear to you is dying back, back home and how you, you cope with that and how you, uh, I, I cried buckets. I, I just, um, I loved it. It was great. Uh, and lastly, I knew that we would start seeing <laughs> books about COVID. Um, yes. And, and I didn't know how it would be like Shannon said, I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted it to steer me in the face, but the, but the books I read did a good job of, of it. I just had to say, I've read a few. Um, the one that Karen Slaughter was awesome. That was also my first book where COVID was mentioned. And it was just a, a part of life. It was so well done. But then I read some books about it and two of them I, I really liked a lot. Um, one of them was Jody Picot, who just, it's just released. So I read it because I just gobbled it. It's um, Wish You Were Here. And one of the things I liked is that I felt like Jody Picot went back to her, ah, the, the, the writing that I know and love from so many of her books, which I felt we hadn't seen for uh, the last couple, at least not for me. I can only speak for me, but I, I found her to be not, not the, the way I, I, I love so much. This book went back to that for me. Um, it follows a couple uh, very closely. The, the husband is a doctor and the wife has a very interesting relationship with COVID. And it's, it's handled in a, 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 just a really unique way. And um, I, I highly recommend it. The other one is Doctors and Friends by Kimmery Martin. Soothing and music. Yes, it's a <laughs> it's a great, that was a really good book. Yes, it's a great book. It follows three women who are very close friends who once a year they usually travel um, to get, have a reunion, have a getaway. And they were in Spain when COVID started to make an appearance. And of course, nobody thought it would amount to anything. And 
I have to interrupt you to say that this is actually not COVID. No, it's not wrote COVID. About You're here. right. It's not COVID. It's does it have a name? I can't remember. It has a name. We don't really know. In fact, one of the things that struck me about this book, and I, I think her as well, is how incredibly spot on it was at capturing what what was going to happen. She wrote it before and just before. And I am amazed at at how how closely it resembled our world. Um, These lives were these lives, these families were all uh, affected by this by this uh, disease in different ways. And it totally just took over the world. And a a lot of the procedures, a lot of the advice, it, it was so much like what we've been what we've been through and one of the greatest funniest parts of that book was there there's a there's a scene where a woman is remembering being pregnant with her her child and getting going into labor and the only person who's in the house with her is her I think seven-year-old daughter and the seven-year-old daughter is trying to make her feel better and you, Shannon, should say, because you, you do this really well, but this is just a, just a couple examples of how wonderful this is. <laughs> okay, let's see. I have to remember how this goes. Okay, so it's time to go to the spa. That's what and the so, daughter says. Yes, daughter says. And so you, this woman is laying on the couch and she's in labor and her daughter comes with this candle and a whisk like for cooking and she says okay we're gonna go to the spa first I will massage some lotion into your head and so she takes a big glop of some kind of lotion puts it on the whisk and swirls it around creating like a terrible mass of of goop in her mother's hair. And then she decides that her mother needs to relax very loudly. That's how she she says says it too. Yes. Yes. And then she says, some soothing music until you are calm. And she takes a recorder and gives it a good, healthy blow right right in in her mother's ear. And not the recorder. To... Oh no! Yes, yes. the recorder. <laughs> recorder of all things. Yes. And she's yes. going to tell her mother some soothing facts. And these soothing facts are really not very soothing. They're things like the wall of China is made of rice and glue, and can be seen from space. And something else about like black holes and asteroids like these are not soothing facts (laughs) (laughs) and this is like the standout like one of the best parts of this book is yes because it's horrible labor scene it's such a serious um book and it it really does um you know cover a, a a subject that's that's pretty hard and yet there and then there's this break in the action where you just end up roaring with laughter. Um, 
and th that was that was my my last book that I was going to talk about anyway. So so that's how that worked. Um, I really look forward to uh, twenty twenty two, and uh, I just read so many more that I could have talked about, and I thought I have to stop because there's a limit, and I. I I've never found myself thinking that way before. Like, usually I'm like, oh my gosh, Shannon, I don't know if I can do this. I got to have how many books? And this time I was like, oh, I can't talk about that one. No, I can't talk about that one. So it was a good year. I want to interject a note for people in the U.S. who may be looking for books by Leslie Pierce. These are very, very, very hard to find. And that's too bad because they're, very, very wonderful. Unless you are a print reader, um, you can probably get some of these in ebook, but most of them I think you're going to find in hard copy print. Um, they are, she's a British author, and so the books are primarily published overseas. Sometimes they do make their way over here. So you can definitely look, but do not be surprised if you can't find some of them. So I don't ever do any kind of challenge because um, I won't stick to it. And like Christine said, I sort of feel like I'm in school doing homework and then I get all like recalcitrant and sort of sulky about doing it. And I'm like, this feels like work. <laughs> I'm kind of a pantser <laughs> with my reading just as I am with my writing. I, I just, whatever I feel like in the moment, that's what I'm going to read unless I'm reading for the podcast. And of course I'm very diligent and organized, but um, I just, I, I'm a mood reader. So this year I would have to say that usually I have a little bit more variety in my books. And this year, the majority of what I'm going to talk about are romances, but I did read some other things from different genres that were standouts that I'm going to talk about first before I get to my long list of happily ever afters. I felt like this year was just sort of another slog, kind of a, a, a continuation of 2020 and I just, I wanted things that made me happy. Um, and even sometimes books that are a little bit harder in their content um, make me happy sometimes. Uh, like The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. And I know yeah. probably 7 million people are going to talk about like why this is like one of the books of 2021. And I don't, I don't follow convention. I read books. I was reading Kristen Hanna <clears throat> before like most of the world knew who she was when she was just a strict old plain old romance writer back in the day. So Yay! Um, <laughs> I know my first book I heard was when lightning strikes back in the nineties, I read it, but um, so I feel like, um, you know, even though um, it's very popular and trendy to read the newest Kristen Hannah, always um, I'm a diehard fan from a long time ago. And the four winds was just an amazing book about resilience and, character growth and the great depression and so many things that I'm not going to spoil, but it was just an amazing historical fiction read. I learned a lot about the great depression and things I didn't know about like the dust bowl. I mean, I've heard that all my life, but I didn't know anything about it. And so this book to me was a story that really sucked me in and made me really feel like I was living through a different era in time. And I loved it so very much. And the other historical fiction that I read this year, um, right around the same time, actually, was The Nature of Fragile Things by Susan Meisner. And yes. I was always planning to read it because it took place in San Francisco. And it was about the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, which mm -hmm. to me, I find very interesting. And, you know, but it's also about a woman who learns a lot about herself. Um, it's about female friendship. Um, <laughs> It's about so many things that, I, again, I'm not going to spoil. But again, if you are interested in that era, um, it really evokes 
that era very well. You can tell that Susan Meisner did a lot of research and it's a, it's a damn good story too, on top of it. This year, I also discovered paranormal women's fiction. Um, and the, I know. Mm-hmm. And the first series that I discovered was Shannon Mayer's 40 proof series. Midlife bounty hunter is the first book. And this series is all about a woman who is in her early forties and is feeling washed up and just sort of like a has been, which, you know, I can really relate to, unfortunately. And, you know, and all of a sudden she just, it's this new lease on life and discovers so much about herself. And there's, she's magical and there's, you know, men panting after her basically. And she's like the center of all this new and fabulous life. And I enjoy the horse, a lot. the horse. There's a, a magical ghost horse. Um, and there's just, oh my God. And there's so many amazing characters. There's found family. It's, it's everything. Like it's such a great series. And the other, you know, I, I would like to tell you, um, in 2020, I like read the hell out of post-apocalyptic books. And cause we were kind of, I felt like I was in a post-apocalyptic place with the pandemic. And so I did a lot of that, but 2021, um, I would have talked about a series in 2021 that I was really enjoying, but the author made me angry. Um, and I still haven't forgiven her. And I read the book that made me angry, um, about six months ago and I haven't gotten over what she did to her characters, but one series that I read this year that is a standout for me is one that Sarah has talked about several times. And I think now Natalia's read them. I can't remember. I don't think Shannon has read them yet. Um, it's the Edge of Collapse series with the first book being Edge of Collapse by Kyla Stone. And I've read the first these couple. Yeah. And these books are a standout. They're sort of like a, a mashup between um, like a, a thriller um, and post apocalyptic and survival. I mean, they're just, um, and there's romance. It's, it's a great series if you want something very fast paced, um, content warning for extreme violence and gore and. Just if you need content warnings, just know they're here. Okay, that's all. I'm. I'm I don't want to give away too much, but they're very violent books, and and so so worth the writing. Kyla Stone is um, magic when she writes. She has a way of really uh, painting pictures that make you feel like you're living through what these characters are living through, and that's not always a good thing or a pleasant thing. But she makes you feel like you're there. Um, let's see. So I read. Okay. So now we're going to go to romance because I spent most of my year reading the happily ever afters that make me well, so very happy and content in my soul. And my standout top book this year, which I know Shannon already knows what I'm going to talk about. Cause I talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I beg her like multiple, I've, I've asked her probably four times. Like, Can I talk about my darling Duke by Stacey Reed? And it's, Oh gosh. Um, it's the first it's, Oh gosh. Is it sinful wallflowers? Yeah. It's the first one in that series, my darling Duke. And this book is everything. This author is an amazing writer of historical romance. And, uh, she told this story that was just sort of had a lot of beauty and the beast vibes to it. Um, down to the, the sort of castle that sort of feels out of time with the servants that feel, I hate the word servants, but you know, it's, early 19th century. I'm not sure what else to, but household retainers <laughs> that feel more like family than like, you know, the people who are, are doing all the helping and work. And it's a beautiful love story. That's a slow burn romance, but it's also amazing, amazing, positive disability representation. Like I've never read 
And it was just a lovely, lovely book that I cannot recommend highly enough. Um, Love It First by Kate Claiborne. Totally different kind of vibe. It's not sort of like a Beauty and the Beast <laughs> historical. It's about um, a woman who inherits, um, no, a woman who lives in an inherited apartment in an apartment building of a bunch of sort of mismatched assorted residents um, and a man who decides that he is going to kind of change the way the building has always sort of operated for many, many years. And all of this sort of hijinks that our heroine gets up to is she's trying to teach him to love the building and not to change a thing. And I'm not doing this book justice, but I don't want to give it away. But just know if you love a good romance, if you love kind of zany characters, a lot of found family, this just a book with a lot of heart in it. That's this book. Um, Man Down by Kate Meter. Uh, it's Rookie Rebels Hockey. Um, I think it's number three in the series. It's the first I've read by Kate Meter. And it's, um, and it's an epistolary romance that is deep and tragic and gorgeous. And there's a relationship stuff between sisters and it's epistolary, but also enemies to lovers. And it was just so, so lovely. Um, Another book that I like to talk about a lot, a lot, a lot, and I beg Shannon like every day to talk about it on the podcast, if there's anything to do with food or <laughs> fake relationship or whatever, I say, can I talk about Accidentally Engaged by Farah Heron? It's yeah. been, you know, like three weeks since I talked about it the last time on the podcast. <laughs> and this is just, again, a delightful book about fake relationships, about learning who you are, about trying to live within your family expectations, but yet trying to take your own path. It's a gorgeous love story and it's an ode to gorgeous food um, for foodies. This is like the book you have to read for 2021. Oh my God. Just the way she talked about just spreading this certain brie on this bread and topping it with, oh, I think it was like either figs or pears. I just, it was like in chapter one and I'm like, this woman is my soul sister. Like where has she been all my life? Like it was just so, oh my God, the food, food porn at its finest and good romance too. Um, the Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. Um, I love books about sort of people um, getting set up through some sort of matchmaking effort, whether it be, you know, like an old fashioned matchmaking service or, um, you know, online or whatever. And in this book, the matchmaking is done through um, DNA. And it's a book about a woman who is matched with the founder of this new company and the way that they sort of fake that they are falling in love for the cameras to kind of get his company off the ground. And, you know, when does this sort of fake relationship become more reality? And again, very gorgeous book, uh, lovely family stuff and a good, strong female friendship, which I think cannot be overstated enough in a romance because 20 years ago, these women would have been enemies vying for the same man. And female friendship is such an important part of the whole romance genre nowadays. Um, Pack Up the Moon by Kristen Higgins made me cry a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it's a tough read. It's about um, a married couple who knows that their time together is limited and how the one who is leaving what they do to sort of help the surviving spouse through the first year of grieving. And this book has a lot in it. I mean, <laughs> To say, it's called Pack Up the Moon. And when I say there's a lot to unpack in this book, I'm not being ironic. I mean, it really is a very deep and complex plot. Um, again, some very positive disability representation in this book as well. And just some lovely different types of love and different relationship types. And 
how do you move on when the love of your life can no longer be with you? And it was just a really, really lovely book that was hard to read, but I'm so glad that I did. Um, I did read one young adult book this year um, because it was a Phantom of the Opera retelling and that's Phantom Heart by Kelly Craig. Um, It was incredibly good, not just because I'm a Phantom enthusiast, but just this woman has a way of writing that really draws you into a really interesting story that you just, if you're like me and you feel sort of cynical and too old for like teenage love, you forget you're reading about teenagers because the writing is so lush and evocative and just really, it draws you into this sort of gothic feeling, a sort of fantasy romance. That's just incredibly, incredibly good. Um, I did read a paranormal series this year. Um, it's called The Elemental Shifters by Patricia D. Eddy. Uh, and the first book in this series is A Shift in the Water. And what I liked about this series is it's it's wolf shifters, which I think are very sexy, but also um, the heroes and the heroines, they're complex and they have flaws and they're not always strong. Um, they actually have they show cracks in their armor and they're very vulnerable at times. And I really appreciated the way that she wrote these books, but particularly a shift on the water. I loved that book a lot. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the Rose Bend series by Naima Simone. Uh, she's the author. I don't know where she's been all my life. Um, she has an extensive backlist. Thank goodness, because, oh my gosh, I love her books. The first one in the series is road to Rose Bend. Um, they're contemporary romances that take place in a town. Um, I want to say in Maine, but don't quote me for sure. Um, but there's the first one that came out and then a Christmas, um, a holiday romance that came out a couple of months ago that I just talked about a couple of weeks ago, Christmas and Rose Bend. And they're gorgeous, um, really lovely romances and great. Again, um, I think I have this theme this year of found family because I love books about found family. The Mixtape by Brittany C. Cherry. This woman can write. She can yank at your heartstrings. She doesn't just tug them. She kind of yanks them pretty violently. Um, And this book particularly moved me because I felt as though Brittany C. Cherry stepped outside the box that she's been in for a while and wrote a book that felt very true to who she is and um, just felt very authentic. Um, And I really, really liked the characters. Um, It was very, very sad. And I loved the uh, twin aspect of this book as well as a twin. Um, but that part was a little bit difficult to read, but just really, really a wonderful book, uh, friends to lovers. Um, and about just kind of, again, learning how to be strong and to stand on your own and to believe in who you are. It was a really, really lovely book. The love hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood, fun and funny and light and great and all about science and falling in love when you don't necessarily believe in love. It was a great book. Um, and finally, I read a couple historicals just this week that I have to quickly talk about. That's Portrait of a Scotsman, A League of Extraordinary Women, number three by Evie Dunmore. I've been avoiding this series for a reason that I'm not quite sure of. Sometimes when a book gets a lot of buzz or an author does, I kind of shy away. Um, <laughs> and I am so glad that I read this book. Um, you know, I, I did read this series out of order, Natalia. Um, so um <laughs> I, and I'm proud of it. I don't mind if I, if a book really calls to me, I don't feel as though um, I'm going to be messing up like plot points by reading out of order. I will. This book had some beauty and the beast elements and a lot of growing for the characters and a really lovely and sexy romance. um, And some really interesting things about um, the suffragist movement in England in uh, the late Victorian period. 
And then finally, Kelly Bowen, Shannon, I am so very sorry (laughs) that I have been blowing you off. And I assume that Kelly Bowen was all ballrooms and potted palms. And I told you, I know you told me I didn't listen. So the book I read by Kelly Bowen, um, because I needed more historical, I again read out of order and I'm so sorry, but I felt as though the book didn't suffer last night with the Earl and it's the devils of Dover book two and it's by Kelly Bowen and it's very much a beauty and the beast retelling. And it's about just different types of beauty and how beauty can be found more by looking within than by the, what you see on the surface of a person. And it was a lovely book. And the final book I'm going to talk about is one that I'm actually reading right now. And it's also by Kelly, Kelly Bowen. (laughs) (laughs) It's by Kelly Bowen as well. And it is her 2021 release and it's the Paris apartment. And I haven't read any dual timeline this year until now. I haven't wanted to read any world war II era books. I've just sort of felt like we're living in some kind of horrible war and I haven't wanted to read a lot of books with um, fighting, but I picked this up because I, it just, it's, it's been on my TBR for months and it's, it's a dual timeline world war II era, um, historical fiction with a lot of really amazing period detail. And I think there's going to be some romance, but just the writing style of this author, again, is just something really special. And I know I've missed a bunch and I know that Sarah will fill in the gaps when she's on this episode with things that we've read this year that I didn't bring up, but it's been a really great year of reading for me. A lot of, like I said, happily ever afters and books that just sort of like speak to my soul and just kind of keep my heart happy and tranquil. So that's kind of been what I've done this year. And that wraps up part one of our recap of 2021. I'm thinking there'll be at least two more of these. So if you enjoyed it, definitely come back for more Beastresses talking about the great things they've read. My thanks goes out to Christine, Stacy, and Brooke for taking time to look back at what you've read and, and be the first ones to talk about it with me. And of course, I get to thank Christine twice in this episode, but thank you so much for all of the editing that you do to each and every Book Bistro episode. And we would not have a podcast if people didn't listen to it, right? We know this. So thank you to all of you who join us each week as we talk about great books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.